am Stompy Lane. I am here with the big Irish, John McGlynn. How's it going today, John? It's going great. Love to do podcasts. Thanks for having me tonight. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, so it's two fans of miserable teams right now. Both of our teams are 0-3. You are, of course, a Miami Dolphins fan, so I can't feel as bad. But the Broncos don't look much better. I got to see them lose in person last week, so that was fun. Oh, man, that's tough. I, it's hard enough watching them on TV. I couldn't imagine going to the game and and uh, watching that. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll say this. It was at Lambeau, and that was an awesome experience going through the Hall of Fame, just being at Lambeau in general. It's a beautiful field. But, yeah, Joe Flacco pisses me off, so that's fun. And we will talk about the Broncos here in a second, and I believe the Dolphins as well, uh, as miserable as we are. So. You are correct. I, I just to add to that, I was at Lambeau for a, actually a, um, a Dolphins Bears game and a Dolphins uh, Packers game. A Dolphins a Bears Packers game and a Dolphins Packers game. That stadium is awesome. It's it great. Is. The fans are great. The stadium's great. Everything about it's awesome. Completely agree. Agree. But before we get started with our AFC start sits today, we are going to introduce you to one of DLF's family of podcasts. That is the Read and React IDP podcast. Dynasty veterans Adam Sticky, Zikas, um, and Tom Kisslingbury. I'm a, I apologize, Adam, if I got that wrong. Guide you through the world of IDP fantasy football leagues. With analysis for both beginner and veteran IDP enthusiasts, you'll be sure to find something useful and interesting in every episode. And I have to say, I do enjoy IDP. I know it's not for everybody, but these are two of the best in the business when it comes to IDP. So you definitely need to, to give them a listen and a subscription that's on the DLF family of podcasts, as well as their own uh, podcast feed. So go ahead and uh, subscribe to the read and react IDP podcast. Before we get into our start sits as well, we are going to throw it over to James and our resident physical therapist, Ethan Turner to go over the injuries for the AFC games this week. Thank you. I am here again with Ethan and uh, Ethan, let's, let's go over some of these injuries here for week four. Let's start with Cam Newton. Uh, really to me was very alarming. They, they ruled him out right away uh, for week four. I mean, pretty much week three had just ended and they ruled him out for week four. Something tells me that this is going to be a longer injury than, uh, than many people think what's going on with Cam Newton. How long can we expect him to miss? So last week we talked about Cam um, and uh, we were, everyone I think was under the impression that this was still just a foot sprain, which is what they described his preseason injury as. They said he re-aggravated it. It has come out since then that he's actually dealing with a Liz Frank injury, which is uh, uh, much more significant than just your typical foot sprain. A Liz Frank injury is uh, basically a broken um, bone in the foot, in the outside of the foot um, that it's the it's not the pinky pinky toe itself. It's the long bone that attaches uh, to the bones of the pinky toe. And what happens is it's on the outside of the foot. You plant too hard, and then that bone can crack. Um, this is one that's very common with wide receivers when they plant too hard. Um, it's one that a uh, many 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 players have dealt with over the years, and it's almost always usually. Uh, repaired with this basically they take a big screw and just uh, fixate that bone and let it heal um, and then that becomes its own separate issue down the road because the the screw can bend and then you got to go back in and I'll take the screw out um, but those things aren't happening with cam they're actually not opting for surgery with him which is a good sign for fantasy owners because surgery means probably a trip to the IR 
no surgery means that the fracture of the Liz Frank injury is not as significant as what um, you had. Oh, shit. I fucked this all up. I'm sorry. I'm That's tired. Okay. I'm thinking okay, of man. a Jones fracture, and I j- literally just described a Jones fracture to you. Uh, all right. So let's, let's here. I'll, let's I'll, just restart the thing. Yep, I'm yep, sorry. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, guys. So thank you again. Uh, I'm here with Ethan. Ethan, let's break down these these injuries here for week four. One of the ones I really want to start with is Cam Newton. It was alarming to me right after week three. It, it didn't take long for them to rule Cam Newton out for week four. I know that we talked about this previously, but what's going on with with Cam Newton and what's going on with uh, with his, his injury? Or, uh, how long are we expecting him to miss here? So with Cam, I think the the real issue here is that we were all under the impression that this was a foot sprain. Um, That was what they told us in the preseason when he injured his foot initially. That's what they told us after week three when he played not very well, or sorry, after week two um, when he played not very well. And then we found out that he re-aggravated this injury. Uh, The problem is, is that now they're saying that this is actually a Liz Frank injury. And a Liz Frank injury is much more significant than just a foot sprain. Um, it, it can be a sprain of the foot, but it could also be a dislocation. It could also be a fracture. Um, a lot of times Liz Frank injuries, what happens is, is the long bones of the foot, um, become displaced or dislocated. Um, a lot of times they can fracture or chip. Um, and what happens is, is that what you have to do to fix that is basically go in and place a plate in the foot and fixate everything down so that it heals correctly. Now, With Cam's situation, they're actually choosing not to have surgery, which means this is probably uh, uh, one of the more on the minor end of uh, Liz Frank injuries, which is still a significant injury. Don't get me wrong, Uh, but it's not the it's not displaced to the point where they're going to have to go in and replace it with plates and screws and all of that. Um, Definitely going to be out week four. Like you said, they were pretty quick. That's never a good sign when a team immediately calls for a guy to uh, be out the following week. The, the reason that that's always concerning is because there's no competitive advantage uh, for the Panthers to immediately declare, oh, yeah, Cam's definitely not playing this week. Um, I'm always interested when I see that because that tells me that uh, it was going to be very obvious that he was not going to play this week to the point where the team said, oh, well, we're just going to announce it now so that nobody has to. It's not a distraction for us going forward. Um, Kyle Allen played very well, so I don't expect them to be uh, clamoring for Cam Newton to come back uh, super soon. The fact that he's not having surgery means, you know, a four to six week time frame uh, is probably probably right up the correct alley here with this um, bones. If there is a fracture or a hairline fracture involved with this particular Liz Frank injury, again, not all of them do. Uh, bones take six weeks to heal. So very high chance of re-injury with this. We've already seen him re-injure it once. I think that the team is going to be extra super cautious as long as uh, Daniel Jones is, or not, sorry, not Daniel Jones, as long as Kyle Allen is playing well. And I think that what you're going to see is uh, an extended absence for Cam. So not what you want to hear from fantasy perspective, but uh, it it is what it is. At least they're being a little bit more upfront with us um, than they were in the preseason. 
Yes, and Kyle Allen, like you mentioned, playing so well his first outing here. You know, he played week 17 last year, too, and got a win. As a matter of fact, interesting stat, um, the only two wins in the last 10 games for the Carolina Panthers are games started by Kyle Allen. So it's definitely an interesting trend there. Um, however, I, I, I do think that uh, that you're right, you know, them being that transparent that early. Was 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 alarming to me. It, it showed me something, and you're you're right. It just was that obvious. I'm sure that uh, that he was going to miss the game. That they didn't even want to want to try to mess around with it. Let's just announce it early in the week and just move on. Uh, so, so let's talk about another guy, a guy who people have been relying on, a guy who was drafted pretty early in a lot of fantasy drafts, and that's T. Y. Hilton. Looks like he's suffering from a little bit of an injury here. What do we expect from from T. Y. Is he going to miss a significant amount of time, or is he going to be available this week? What what uh, what do we expect from from his injury so hilton is dealing with a quadricep strain he's actually he's it's a re-injury from uh from week two that he re-aggravated in week three uh obviously playing very well in that game in week three before he went out i think he had 60 plus yards and a touchdown in the first half so he was on his way to a big game but you know he kind of limps off the field it clearly re-aggravated it um and the problem is is that the team was worried that he had completely torn his quad that tells me that it was very significant strain. Strain just means a tear. So um, the the quad is still torn, but it's not completely uh, ruptured, which is the point where it's it's completely torn all the way through. There is a some type of tear or stretch um, on that muscle. I don't expect him, Hilton, that is, to be back this week. Uh, I honestly could see the team kind of waiting until week seven. They have a buy in week six. Uh, if they can if they can hold off this week and next week, they're going to get them an extra week off. So we're talking three weeks possibly um, with no Hilton, not that you would have had him on the buy anyway, but uh, with a strain like this, I think if they don't give him enough time, you're really putting them at a risk of a, of an even more significant tear one that could require surgery. So I think the team's going to be cautious with him. And I think you're going to, you're going to probably miss out on him for the next two weeks. Yeah. And before I say this, T.Y. is one of my favorite players to watch. And, you know, I, I definitely don't want to see anybody get hurt. But you're telling me that I could fire up my Deion Kane shares for a couple of weeks and maybe get some uh, get some fantasy points out of it. I might be OK with that. I mean, I think that's I think that's a reasonable pivot, at least in my eyes, it is. OK, fair, fair enough. As long as I uh, as long as I got that that, uh, you know. A reasonable pivot. I'll take that. I'll take that. So uh, let's go to the let's go to the next receiver that's injured, and it's another guy people have been relying on week in and week out, and uh, and he suffered an injury that people aren't really sure what to make out of it. So what's going on with Julian Edelman? What what do we make out of this injury? Is he going to miss time, or what, what's going on here? Yeah, Edelman going down really hurt a few of my teams. Uh, thought that we were going to be looking at broken ribs. Uh, the X-rays came back negative, so he's dealing with some type of rib bruising. Uh, not to say that that is uh, a, a good thing, but it's definitely better than if he had broken ribs. Broken ribs are extremely painful. Um, any kind of rib injury is is not a good thing for uh, for football players because you have to breathe to play football, and you're usually breathing very heavy. So uh, every breath hurts when you have a rib injury. So this is uh, not ideal for Edelman. The good news is that he's he's limited this week, but. He is practicing. I do expect him to play on Sunday. 
Um, I don't expect a full, full-blown workload. Um, this could be something that bothers him throughout the game. He takes a little bit more rest. Again, uh, as he breathes heavy, that that injury could continue to bother him. Um, I still think he's going to be a startable fantasy asset because Tredavious White is probably matching up with Josh Gordon for the majority of this game. Uh, Brady is going to be looking for those short crossing routes, and you know that Edelman loves to to, to uh, catch about – Catch about 15 of those in games like this. Uh, the Bills' defense is deceptively good, so um, I expect Edelman to be uh, definitely, definitely playable in fantasy this week, despite the injury. Yeah, everything you're telling me here sounds like we can go on Edelman, and it sounds like maybe a James White week too with him coming back now. So uh, that that's that's interesting. It's definitely something to monitor um, with Julian Edelman. So Vance McDonald, um, what, let's go to him and the, and the Steelers. Yeah, looks like he he got hurt, and this was one of the uh, the pieces of that offense that I I have uh, heavy ownership of. Um, he's, he's represented on a lot of my rosters. And so I'm, I'm definitely curious. And I think a lot of other people are, what do we expect from Vance McDonald? Is he going to miss a lot of time or can we, can we expect him coming back in the near future with this injury? Vance is a tough one for me too. Cause I think he, he showed you what he could be in week two. Um, and then of course you start him in week three and he gets hurt. And that seems to be the Vance McDonald way. Uh, but he is dealing with a shoulder injury. I think it's an, an AC joint sprain, um, so your uh, chromioclavicular joint, which is just basically the, the joint where your clavicle attaches to the, the point of your shoulder. Um, there is some optimism that he will play this week. I believe they play on Monday night, so he gets an extra day to kind of rest up on this. Uh, but the team did trade for Nick Vanette. And I always say that the, the teams teams will not tell you much about injuries, but they can they can tell you a lot about them based on the moves that they make. So uh, I think that trade for Nick Vanette was uh, n- not a, uh, a direct replacement for McDonald because it sounds like he could still suit up this week. But they're definitely planning for him to not be at 100%, and they wanted more depth at the position. Um, I... I th- I think that Vance probably sits this week, um, even though there is some optimism that he plays. Um, so for me, I'm preparing a backup. I'm probably not even getting to the point uh, because he's playing on on Monday. I, I probably don't even get to the point where uh, I'm, I'm picking another tight end from that, from that game. I think I'm probably just playing somebody that plays on Sunday and avoiding the risk altogether. Yeah, you nailed it. That was my concern is somebody playing on Monday night. If there are two game time decision, it's difficult to wait because you just don't have any other options if they do sit right. So um, either that or you have to pick somebody else up from that team or whoever they're playing. And it just doesn't doesn't sound like that's a, a, a nice alternative here. Uh, Nick Vanette just coming in, uh, not knowing the system very much. And I, I don't know that there's anybody else that I would trust on either of those teams that would be available on the waiver wire. Right. So. Yeah. The, probably the safe route it sounds like is to start somebody Sunday. Don't, don't wait till Monday. Mark Andrews, uh, another guy who, who I have, uh, who I have rostered all over the place. What's going on with him? Is he going to miss this week? Is he going to miss multiple weeks or can I expect him to be there this week? So Andrews has been dealing with a foot injury kind of throughout this season. And this is pretty par for the course for him to not practice um, on Wednesday and Thursday, just giving that foot some more time to heal. Uh, he hasn't, missed any games so far with this. I don't expect him to miss this game on Sunday. Um, his play is not as explosive as it was maybe the first couple weeks, so it could very well be bothering him a bit. Um, he he did play on Sunday, but I think he played behind Boyle and uh, Hayden Hurst as far as getting into the game. So 
uh, not ideal for for Andrews as far as being that elite top, top tight end option, but the longer that this foot issue um, has to heal, the better. So I, I, I still think he's startable in fantasy because um, the the chance that that offense blows up, it just seems like every week uh, the, those chances look pretty good. So um, I think Andrews is, is startable, but um, again, if he has another down week, he could just be still getting over this foot injury. Okay, so at least we kind of know this is kind of par for the course. This has been he's he's missed practice on Wednesday and Thursday um, with this foot injury as of late. So it's not nothing too alarming yet, but definitely something for us to monitor. Uh, Let's finish this off with Devin Singletary. We talked about him last week. This was a young running back that didn't get a ton of work, um, but when he did get work, he looked he looked really good. He looked the part. Uh, What's going on with Devin Singletary? Is he going to be back this week or can we expect another uh, heavy dose of Frank Gore? So Singletary is still dealing with that hamstring strain. Uh, he did get some limited practices in the, this week. Uh, last week, I didn't expect him to play. He didn't end up playing. Um, but this week, he is getting some practice in. I expect him to play this week, uh, but I still think he's not. He's going to be limited as far as his workload. They're not ready to to open up the reins to, to him completely. So uh, Frank Gore, I think, is still startable um, as a, a touchdown guy if you need an RB3, an RB4, or a flex. Um, I still expect Gore to carry the majority of the work, but I think you're going to see Singletary sprinkled in as, as this game goes along, um, assuming that that hamstring stays healthy and doesn't uh, bother him. Yeah, that's one of those things that can just kind of tighten up at any 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 given time, right? Or can kind of flare up or be yeah. re-injured. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a chance if he if if he yeah, as soon as they're most likely to re-injure it as soon as you come back. So as soon as he opens up on Sunday, um, say he gets uh, finds a hole and really gets to explode out of it, uh, he's he, there's a chance that that will re-aggravate that hamstring and then they'll pull him for the rest of the game. So there's some risk with Singletary. Uh, I don't think i'd be starting him in fantasy um again i would still i could i still think you can rely on gore to get some work uh i, I don't like this matchup a whole lot for either of them to be honest um i think that the pat pats are going to pretty much steamroll this this offense um and they're going to try to rely on on josh allen to to carry the load and i don't know if that's always the best bet against uh the patriots so uh, again i'm probably staying away from both but i think gore has more value this week yeah, that's been the case with that Patriots defense all year long. So, Ethan, thank you again so much for breaking down the injuries with us. We appreciate it, as always, my man. And we will again talk later in the week, I'm sure. Thanks again. Yep, thanks for having me. All right, thank you, guys. And one more ad read for you here. We have we are happy to have teamed up with the FF Mercs. A goal without a plan is just a wish. So stop wishing and start planning for your fantasy championship with the FF Mercenaries. Fantasy football mercenaries love it when a plan comes together. And this A-team of fantasy football minds is here to help you map out your path to fantasy glory. Whether you are looking for a draft strategy during and throughout your draft, dynasty roster consultations, in-season support, alternate scoring navigation, or DFS expertise, the Mercs are here to help you develop and execute the strategy that will help you destroy your league. So sign up now for your one-on-one consultation with a strategic specialist for you, your unique and specific needs. Visit ffmercs.com and use the promo code SUPERFLEXSHOW for 10% off of your first consultation. That's promo code SUPERFLEXSHOW at ffmercs.com, where winning is the only option. 
All right, now that we're through that, we will introduce you to our starts and sits for this week in the AFC. As always, we have we're going green right light, yellow light, red light, green light meaning start with confidence, yellow light meaning startable, but temper your expectations and red light bench them if you can. So for our first game, we'll throw it over to John and it's the Patriots at the Bills. What do you have for us, John? I love that I get to do a couple of AFC games this week. Uh, you know, but uh this is the Battle of the Undefeateds. The uh, Clash of the Titans, if you would call it, but uh, there's really only one Titan here, and uh, that's Tom Brady. Um, Tom Terrific just finds a way to get it done against all odds. This is sort of a changing the guards in the Battle of the AFC East, and Buffalo is 3-0 uh, at, you know, at home. They're at home this week and looking to make a name for themselves. I, I just feel like these are uh, this is a big game that Tom – these are the games that Tom Brady makes a career out of. Um, the only certainty we can get out of this game is that Tom Brady will score the most fantasy points. Uh, he is my only green light in this whole matchup. So that's the way I go with green lights as far as that's concerned. I don't really know of anything else that's going – the Patriots have an awesome defense, so I don't know anything else that's even close to green light in this game. I think I agree, except for on Tom Brady. I get that you're probably not sitting him. I actually wrote a start-sit column for FF Mercenaries, believe it or not, so I have a stake in that game. But um, I have Tom Brady as a sit, and I know that's kind of blasphemous, especially the way he's playing. He's the QB8 right now. But that Buffalo defense, I think, is extremely underrated. Uh, they are ranked fifth against QBs uh, in, in terms of fantasy points per game. They did give up 22 points to Andy Dalton, but – to Sam Darnold and Eli Manning, it was uh, 12.8, 16.7. So this is probably the best QB that they will be facing in these four weeks. But I still think that Tom Brady is going to have a rough game in this one. Uh, he's, he's, or at least for the past two seasons, he's just not done well in the four games that he's played them. I believe he has been held to like a three to three touchdown to four interception ratio, has only combined for like 800 and some odd yards in four games. So, I think he's more of a yellow here, and if I had better options, which I, I I doubt a lot of people do, unless you hoard QBs, I would be sitting him, um, if you could. Oh yeah, this uh, well out of this game, I had to pick green light, and it's tough. There's a uh, the, the good defense on both sides. Um, Tom, the Patriots are notorious for every week having a a boomer bust player. You know, somewhere else, somebody else comes out right. to be the hero every week. So out of this game, uh, Tom Brady's my only possible green light to play. I mean, I, I would like to have nothing but yellow lights in this game, but the game's right. green light, yellow light, red light, so I had to pick somebody. I think Edelman might be okay just because of target share, but I, again, he'd be a yellow light. Uh, he wouldn't be facing Tredavious White on the outside. Josh Gordon's probably a yellow light or a red light here as well just because he will be facing that Tredavious White um, cornerback, the shutdown corner for Buffalo. Other than that, yeah, running backs are kind of rough. And like you said, anybody on the Buffalo side, I'm not really trusting this week because that New England defense has been fantastic. Yeah, that's my that leads me right into my yellow light, which is Josh Allen. Uh, I said before that having a guy like Josh Allen who throw 250 yards, run for 50, and combine for one or three touchdowns, uh, either rushing or passing at the end of the day, is all you can ever ask for out of your fantasy quarterback. You know, unfortunately, that's not going to happen against the stacked New England defense this week. Uh, now, Josh might surprise everyone and bring his heroics to a new level, but I'm not counting on that. I, I think the Patriots' defense is just too good. Not even sure he will have uh, garbage time numbers this week. These division games are always funny. I'm just saying just tread lightly with uh, with Josh Allen. Yeah, I completely agree on that. So that's uh, – my red light is uh, Dawson Knox, tight end Bills. 
Uh, Knox look, Knox looks pretty good in week three with a highlight reel truck stick and his first touchdown reception since high school. But this all makes for a good feel good story. Um, you know, it's to run to the waiver wire for people. I mean, everybody's desperate for tight ends this year, but um, I'm just saying to pump the brakes on this week on your expectations. Knox has only been targeted 10 times and only caught five of those targets. So almost 60% of his total yards came on one catch. This New England defense is no joke, so don't plan on laughing uh, if you start Knox against the Patriots. Right. I mean, there's just not a ton to like in this game. I think it's going to be relatively low scoring. So I would be moving. I would pivot elsewhere to maybe a, a, a streamable option for most of the players in this game. Yes. Uh, next, I will be talking about the Raiders and the Colts. Um, I generally do mine different. I, t- I tend to list my green lights, yellow lights, red lights, and talk about some of the lesser known guys that aren't so obvious. Um, for the Raiders and Colts, I have Josh Jacobs uh, as a green light. Indianapolis Colts have given up the sixth most fantasy points to running backs this season. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this. I, I'm hoping I'm hoping John Gruden and, and that offense uh, actually follow through and their, their coach speak about involving Josh Jacobs more in the passing game. That's, of course, his was his biggest strength coming out. Um, he's getting significant enough volume, and he should get good volume on the ground. If he is involved in that uh, pass game, he should – He's absolutely a top 12 uh, running back this week, I think, but he's a green light nonetheless. Darryl, yeah, you, I think he was sick last week, and now, you know, that's, yeah. that's when you lose 10 pounds, you come out of it, you can't expect a major workload. So I agree right. with that one. Um, Daryl Waller, fairly obvious. He's got a ton of volume. Tyrell Williams, um, I mean, it's it's fairly obvious who the pass catchers are for the, uh, the Raiders, Darren Waller and Tyrell Williams. There hasn't really been a target share anywhere else but those two, so those two are very obvious to me as green lights. And Marlon Mack. Uh, Marlon Mack is basically the bell cow in that backfield. I know Naheem Hines is involved in third downs a lot, but the the Colts are running the ball a significant uh, portion of the time because Andrew Luck is out, and now, now they're facing the Oakland Raiders that have allowed the 11th most fantasy points to running backs uh, – thus far so i think marlon mack because of his safe floor in terms of volume is a green light this week as well uh yeah Terry williams has a back situation going on again that guy's in an injury report all the time so just be careful with that one right there you go um in terms of yellow lights we have Derek carr and jacoby Brissett. neither have been fantastic or neither team is- defense has been fantastic against quarterbacks but they haven't been bad either I mean, Oakland is 13th right now in terms of allowing uh, fantasy points per game. The Colts are ninth. Um, but neither have faced fantastic uh, – well, I, I would say that they're being they're buoy- being buoyed by one performance. The uh, Colts and Marcus Mariota, outside of that, they allowed 29 points and 27 points to Phillip Rivers and Matt Ryan. The Raiders faced Joe Flacco and Kirk Cousins allowing under 20 points, but Patrick Mahomes lit them up for 38.1 points. So I think both are QB2, QB2s this week. Um, I don't think you were expecting much more from that, but they're not, they're definitely not like, oh, I'm not playing these guys this week, unless you actually have a, a, a much better option, which I doubt you do with Derek Carr and Jacoby Brissett. And then finally, uh, the red lights. Uh, Eric Ebron, Jack Doyle, if somebody can tell me how they're going to split the workload there, that, that'd be great. But it seems like it's a pretty even split. And 
right now, Eric Ebron is the uh, tight end 18. Jack Doyle is a tight end 28. Um, neither are getting a significant portion of volume. Jack Doyle only has nine targets. Eric Ebron only has 11. And of course, the Colts are not throwing the ball nearly as much. And I, I, I think a lot of people called this regression because, first of all, Jack Doyle was out for uh, most of the season last season, allowing Ebron to take most of those targets. Plus, the Colts didn't have near the um, pass catchers that they do this season. So I think a lot of people saw this Eric Ebron um, regression coming. And this week, he's a red light because I can't trust either of those guys. Yeah, I know. I, there's not much. <laughs> the Colts don't really have much as far as the passing game with Paris Campbell and Deion Kane. Right. I, yeah. So and that's the other that's the other part of this. You heard uh, you, you heard Ethan talk about uh T.Y. Hilton's quad strain, and it looks like he's doubtful for this game. So yeah. uh, this this could end up being a relatively low-scoring game, a, a sneaky low-scoring game. I'm avoiding most of these guys, but like I said, Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, Tyrell Williams, and Mar- Marlon Mack are probably good to start, but I just don't know how much is going to be scored this game. So T.Y. Hilton being out, I'm not trusting any of the other pass catchers. I mean, Paris Campbell's a rookie. Deion Kane played has played the most snaps of any of the wide receivers, I believe in the last two weeks for the Colts. So he's an interesting, I don't know, DFS play, but other than that, yeah, this game, this game just does not interest me all, all that much in terms of fantasy. I don't blame you. <laughs> There's some tough matchups this week yeah. all across the board. Just, yeah, uh, really. I So I've, I was looking at DFS this week and there's just, I have a very, very small player pool. Because there's just not a lot of matchups I love uh, this week. It's not very deep in terms of the main slate this week. So, all right. So we'll throw it back over to John here uh, for the Chargers at Dolphins. I, I am very sorry for this, John. You get to wallow in your own self pity here. Yeah, this is tough. I, uh, you know, I, the Chargers have a. They're notorious for playing down their opponent, and uh, you know, I could see the last time they played the Dolphins in a game like this where they they were heavy favorites. The Dolphins, I, I, I'm pretty sure they came back and they I, they didn't win, but there was a really close game. But, uh, you know, this my green lights this week, I got two of them. Uh, Keenan Allen is a start every week. The Chargers should have no problem. Um, or Keenan, Keenan Allen should have no problem burning Xavier Howard on, uh, all the time. With Phillip Rivers, we have a million hours of time. You could write a book in the pocket this week. The Dolphins don't have much of a pass rush. They don't have much of a um, much of a defensive back. And Keenan Allen's the best route runner in the league. He can burn anyone. So, um, my other green lights, Austin Eckler. Um, he might get every touch this week with Justin Jackson in the walking boot and Melvin Gordon probably active, uh, but just filling in for emergency duty if he does uh, be out of, just out of necessity. So uh, those two guys are my green lights this week. I think anybody who has them can start both of them with confidence. Um, that's all for my green lights. Uh, my yellow lights, Preston Williams from the Dolphins. Uh, Williams is probably considered the number one in Miami right now, but that's that's like being the tallest midget. You know, there's, there's not much there. Um, he also has a case of the drops. He's, uh, he can't seem to shed and will probably be facing uh, tough coverage all game. I'm not inspecting big numbers, uh, even if Miami's in passing games, all situation, all in passing down situations all game, but uh, which I, I expect them to be. But uh, Preston Williams, even though he's getting the targets, he's dropping a couple of them. He's uh, he doesn't seem to be. <laughs> He's the best on the team, but he doesn't seem to be making the most of his opportunity. That's just uh, – watch out for him. And then uh, red light, this is just kind of an obvious red light. Uh, Kalen Balazs running back Miami. Uh, Balazs looks pretty bad and can't seem to get anything going in the running game uh, and or the passing game. It turns out 
it turns out where Miami has completely abandoned the run, Bellage is a complete non-factor in this game in every aspect of it. So that's that's my red light for this game. I think that's everybody's red light anyway. So I have a question. So for where do you put in Philip Rivers this week? I think I think personally he's a green light, but and and I, I hate saying this to a Dolphins fan, but really the Chargers could go up big early and Philip Rivers taken out of the game. Is there concern there for you? Um, like I said, the only reason that I don't see that happening is because the Chargers just seem to dummy down to all their opponents. Uh, that's that'll be the only scenario where, where that would happen. But I, if they're up twenty-eight to nothing at halftime. I don't see the Dolphins coming back. I don't see them having the firepower to come back. Right. Josh Rosen looks pretty good. It's just everybody, uh, Parker and and you know and uh, Parker and uh, Preston Williams. Everybody's dropping the ball there. He's throwing these dimes right on target to these guys, and they're dropping them. And they're getting as soon as they get them in their hand, they're getting them smacked out because they don't know how to control the ball after the catch. I, I I just I don't see the Dolphins coming back if they're up twenty eight to nothing or thirty five to nothing come halftime, which I hope I don't see. You know, maybe you do see some uh, some Taylor. Maybe you do see some uh, some Tyrod coming in. I don't I don't know, but if I, at that point in time, we throw thirty five to nothing, he's already a fantasy start for me anyway. If he throws five touchdowns in the first half, I wouldn't. I'd start him with confidence. Yeah, that, I mean, absolutely. Uh, and then the other the other part of this, what do you, I mean, what do you think about Preston Williams? He's been relatively consistent. I mean. He had two touchdowns the first two weeks. I don't know what he's looked like or last week, but he's been their most consistent player on offense. Um, and I, I guess <laughs> I don't know how much that says, but I mean, he's been good for them in his rookie season. So how do you feel about him this week? I like him. I mean, he's every week his percent percentage has gone up 42 week one, 68 week two, 96 week three. He's, I mean, he's a, an undrafted rookie, but everybody knows because of the character issues, that's the only reason he was undrafted. I think he's a great receiver. I'm pretty, I'm happy the Dolphins got him as a young talent to start building a team around. Uh, but like I said, he's got the case of the drops. He's, I think he dropped six balls already so far this year. You know, when he gets that under control, I, 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 I hopefully I could see. Um, him taking a step forward and getting that coach out of him. I love Preston Williams. I'm super happy that the Dolphins end up picking him. I ended up getting him in round five of my rookie drafts in, uh, in a couple leagues this year um, just because everybody kind of forgot about him. So I'm looking forward to it. Being a Dolphins fan, I'm looking forward to it. Being a, uh, you know, a giving the guy a second chance kind of Preston Williams situation, uh, I'm happy for it. So I'm, I'm just, like I said, if he stops with the drops, I'm, I'm him and Rosen could have something special this year. Yeah, by the way, is uh, in PPR, he has double-digit fantasy points every week. He's not near the top of the leaderboard. I believe he is wide receiver 50 right now. But, I mean, when he's that consistent and he's getting three, four, four receptions for, I mean, the first week he had 24 um, yards and a touchdown, but the consecutive weeks he had 63 and 68. I mean, he's an option, and he's, he's an option for those bye weeks where you need to fill somebody in. So, I mean, he's been consistent at the very least. All right, so moving on to the Browns at Ravens. Uh, Lamar Jackson, very obvious green light for me. Everybody's going to talk about, well, he didn't throw any touchdown passes last week. Still threw, threw for 267 yards, I believe, and he rushed for a touchdown. And that's that's the reason he is always going to be a green light because of his rushing ability. He's got that very, very safe floor and extremely high ceiling we know now know. So Lamar Jackson's always going to be a green light for me. Uh, Mark Ingram, uh, the Browns have been okay against running backs, but if Mark Ingram's going to continue to get that volume and the goal line work, 
there's no reason you shouldn't be starting him every week. Uh, there might be some matchups that are rough. I mean, if he was playing somebody like Philadelphia or New England or Buffalo, he might move down to the yellow light. But it's hard to bench people, guys that get the volume that Mark Ingram is getting. Um, and then OBJ, very obviously, the Ravens actually have not been f- great against wide receivers this season. I believe uh, they rank, and now I have to look, uh, they rank 10th in terms of wide receiver points, fantasy points this week or, or this year. So they haven't been fantastic. A lot of that has to do with, uh, I believe it's Jimmy Smith's um, uh, health this season with the one of their top two cornerbacks. So OBJ is a pretty safe play. You weren't sitting him anyway, but the Ravens, like I said, just have not been great against the pass. They've been a lot better against the run. So I, I feel like the Browns are going to have to throw more often than not on Sunday. So that's my green lights, yellow lights, Baker Mayfield. I don't know what's going on. If he's pressing or if, Eddie, if Freddie kitchens is just doing him no favors with the play calling. Of course, the, uh, the offensive line is having issues after the Browns traded uh, Kevin Zeitler, their uh, all-pro left tackle for Olivier Vernon to the New York Giants. Uh, but Baker has just not looked good this season. He's had about one good half of football, and that was against the Jets in the second half. Other than that, he looked terrible last week. He did. He looked bad against the Titans. So until further notice, he's got to be a yellow light for me. And I don't, I mean, he's a lot of people's QB one. So I don't think people can afford to sit him, but he's just having a rough start to his season. It doesn't get even easier against the Ravens. Uh, no, I know, think he's a, he's a buy low. I mean, I would, I, if I'm in a super flex, he's definitely a buy low for me, but uh, I, people might be frustrated with the production. Mm, I, yeah. My my issue with that is in dynasty specifically, may, maybe in a redraft, but in dynasty specifically, Guys aren't going to let go for low. They they, yeah. put, they they took him in the first, second round. A lot of these guys took him in the first or second round um, of their rookie drafts or in their startups, and he's and and they're going to and and it's hard to say. Okay, this is who Baker Mayfield is. It's just one of those things where it's he was overhyped. He's going into his second season. There are th- such things as sophomore slumps, and that's why we don't uh, we don't people don't win paper championships. It's just not a thing in the NFL. And we're seeing it right now, just because they got OBJ does not mean they are invincible. And and I believe they are one and two at this point. And while maybe in redraft, he's by low, I doubt you're getting a discount right now uh, in, in dynasty. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't believe that this three game sample is who he is. We saw a lot of good things last season. He just is still growing as a quarterback and we need to take, that into account uh, another yellow light Nick right. Chubb like I said the uh, Ravens are a lot better against the run they have allowed the uh, where did that go I lost it oh there they are the fifth most fantasy points to, to uh, running backs this season or the fifth sorry the fifth fewest to running backs this season um, LaShawn McCoy did have a good game against them uh, same as Daryl Williams, but uh, David Johnson got shut down uh, the previous week. So, like I said, I think Nick Chubb is always going to be startable for me just because of the volume he's going to get, but he's got a difficult matchup this week. Thus, he is a yellow light. Jarvis Landry as well. Um, Again, I don't think you can trust any pass catcher with Baker Mayfield right now, except for OBJ. 
I mean, Jarvis Landry is the wide receiver two there, but he has not been overly consistent this season, um, obviously with the issues that Baker has had. Uh, so he has a yellow light this week as well. Um, uh, Marquise Brown, good secondary for the Browns. Uh, he, it's gonna, he's going to be a yellow light. He can always give you a big game or a big catch for a touchdown, and he will make your nights. Mark Andrews as well. Cleveland Browns are also very good against tight ends or have been good against tight ends. I think you're going to be starting Mark Andrews regardless, but he's got that foot issue as well, so that might be hindering him. Um, but just temper expectations there. And then finally, and I probably don't need to mention this, red light uh, Demetrius Harris. Uh, among the other wide receivers uh, or pass catchers for both the Browns and the Ravens, um, basically I listed anybody that was going to be quote-unquote relevant here, and most of those pass catchers are not re- relevant at this time. What do you think there, John? Yeah, Harris had a touchdown last week, but uh, I can't see that being a, a repeated situation. That's um, there's really not. These games are tough this week. <laughs> Every one of them is that uh, you know it's yep. a lot of you know wishy washy. Who do I start? What do I play? Good matchups. It's these are these are kind of tough to to analyze. There are there are like two legitimate matchups I like this week, and that's New York Giants versus the Washington Redskins, and then. Kansas City Chiefs versus Detroit Lions. Other than that, I am avoiding most of these matchups. Uh, more specifically in DFS, obviously we are, we're playing the hand we were dealt um, in terms of, or not dealt, but we drafted in terms of our uh, season season leagues. But yeah, there's just not a lot of fun matchups this week. Right. All right. Moving on, we have the Panthers at the Texans, John. Yeah, this is. Uh... Obvious green light, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, yes, Houston is pretty good against the run, but McCaffrey's average is 24 touches a game. You pretty much be a running back one every week, no matter what. So um, that's just, as far as green light goes, he's the definite green light in this entire matchup. Um, uh, yellow lights, I don't like the receivers. Uh, I don't like Will Fuller or Kenny Stills this week. Carolina is second in the league against the pass. And although Fuller is averaging 10 yards a catch and playing 95% of Houston snaps, um, I'm seeing a possible one, possible one or two catch game here. Uh, Stills is only on the field for about 40% of the snaps and still only has nine catches all year. So they're both flex plays at best for me. I, I don't like the receivers at all on uh, Houston. Um, and then uh, my red lights, Duke Johnson. Um, Duke's just not getting much work besides the passing game. And even there, uh, he only caught a couple passes. So it's a Carlos Hyde show in the running game and, uh, Duke's on the field for some of the passing stuff, but the the, the passing situations they're not even they're not even using Johnson when he's on the field as a decoy in a passing game. So I uh, he's my my biggest red light in this game. He's as red as Christian McCaffrey is green for me. Really? Other, yeah. I, they ever, I I love Duke Johnson. I when that happened when that trade happened. I was like, yes, I, I already had him on a couple lineups. I refused to trade him for people who were asking for trades. I held him, and, man, this just really kind of blew up my face. I really like the pass catchers for the uh, Panthers this week. Um, maybe, I, I mean, I would think DJ Moore is probably a green light, but I really like Samuel. I really like Greg Olson. Uh, even though, So the weird thing about Greg Olson is that the Texans have actually been decent against tight ends this season, but they haven't faced good tight end matchups. So, I'm hoping that Olsen, the best, 
Olsen being the best tight end that they face, that he is going to have a good game. He had two touchdowns last week and then obviously CMC. Um, so, yeah, I actually like a, a, a lot of the um, Panthers this week for some reason. And if you wanted to do like a Kyle Allen stack. Did you watch two- Kyle? I didn't. I, I was- did not. I was just about to say that. Did you see Kyle Allen last week? I mean, he looked great. He looked like he just fit on that offense. Right, he, man, it was it was awesome watching him. Like, I, you know, I, it was just refreshing watching a guy come in there, stay in the pocket, throw the ball where it had to be thrown, make things happen. I, I loved I loved watching Kyle Allen. I and I hope that that, can, that trend continues. None of these receivers are going to get. I don't think they're going to get a bump at all. They might even increase in value in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I agree there. Um, all right, so moving on to the Jaguars at Broncos. This might be the Broncos' first win this season, um, even though I want them to go 0-16 so they could get Tua. But uh, I doubt that happens because of the Miami Dolphins. No offense, John. Um, but, yeah, my green light, my only green light in this game is Leonard Fournette. Uh, the Broncos have not been good against running backs this season. Uh, they they just allowed the um, the Packers to run all over them. Uh, Aaron Jones had 15 uh, fantasy points. Jamal Williams had 10. Josh Jacobs had a fantastic game against them in week one, and then David Montgomery didn't have the worst game against them in week two. So they have just not been as good um, against the run, and that's kind of been a trend for the Broncos. So Leonard Fournette, because of the volume, because of the matchup, is a green light for me. I think you're going to have a safe floor regardless there. Yellow lights, Philip Lindsay, DJ Chark, Sanders Sutton. We saw both Lindsay and uh, Royce Freeman last week kind of explode. And I mean, that's about right. The Packers just have not been that good against the run this season. And uh, Philip Lindsay has been very involved in the uh, passing game for Denver um, so he's a green light for me. He is the RB 11, right? Or sorry, yellow light for me is the RB 11 right now. Uh, he's had double digit, uh, fantasy points in every game. He's had six, seven and five targets in each of the three games. So he, I think he is going to get enough volume through the air, uh, and on the ground to make him startable. It, but I mean, obviously his upside is capped by that defense. Plus Royce Freeman, Royce Freeman's out actually a yellow light for me. Um, Though he's been more involved in the passing game, uh, he just has not been a goal line back. He's not the guy that's been scoring the touchdowns. So that's where why he's a red light for me. Plus, it's the Jaguars. The Jaguars have actually been uh, decent on defense this season. Um, they have allowed the sixth fewest fantasy points to running backs. So I just don't like Royce Freeman this week, and that's why he's a, yellow, a red light. Uh, yellow, uh, other light, yellow lights, uh, DJ Shark continues to produce – uh, that second, the Broncos secondary is very vulnerable right now. And it seems like DJ Chark is the wide receiver one there. Uh, if any, if any position on the Broncos in terms of cornerbacks is vulnerable, it's that uh, cornerback two. Chris Harris is generally able to shut down guys, but he will be playing a portion in the slot. And that's when DJ Chark could, can take advantage. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders and, and Cortland Sutton are also yellow lights. I don't know what's necessarily going to happen with Jalen Ramsey here. He may be out, and that leaves both um, only A.J. Bouye and then whoever the uh, Jaguars cornerback three is. And Sanders and Sutton could switch off just having a fantastic catch after fantastic catch. But 
um, temper your expectations with them, but they should, they should be startable and uh, obvious red lights. Joe Flacco just has not looked good this season. He was awful last week. Can't really trust him right now unless it's in a bye week. Um, I, this might be blasphemous, but Gardner Minshew, I think, is a red light. The Broncos. Have been, <gasps> what? I know. I know. Uh, but they, the Broncos have been – their defense has been awesome this season. Unfortunately, their offense is horrible. But the Broncos have allowed the third fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. So Gardner Minshew being a rookie, not throwing all that much. I just don't think he's going to have a great game. So he's a red light for me. Um, he's generally going to be your wide receiver or your QB three on most teams, unless you've had all of the uh, <laughs> quarterback injury issues uh, this season. I've already mentioned Royce Freeman, D.D. Westbrook, of course. Uh, Chris Harris shut is is arguably the best uh, slot corner in the game. Shuts down those uh, slot wide receivers. If it's not him, it's Kareem Jackson. Kareem Jackson has been fantastic this season as well. I just don't think D.D. Westbrook's going to have a g- good game. And then no fan. I, uh, he's been fine, I guess. He's definitely not been what a lot of Broncos fans thought. But with Joe teamed up with Joe Flacco, he just his upside is super capped. Yeah, he's someone that's going to take a little while to develop. He's, uh, um, I don't think he's, uh, he is not the tight end that that was going to walk in. They, you know, they they figured that he was going to be. Uh, San Fran's oh, sorry. Tight end. Yeah, George yeah. Kittle. George Kittle. George Kittle. I don't know why they all. Everybody thought Fant would walk in and be George Kittle right away too, but uh, I that's not happening. I don't. Uh, if Jalen Ramsey doesn't play this week, I, I could see uh, a bit of an uptick. If 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 Ramsey doesn't play this week, and you had to choose between Minshew and Flacco, which one would you pick? Ooh. Um, I don't know because the Broncos' passing defense has been better. But Joe Flacco is terrible. So, I mean, without Ramsey, it's probably Flacco, uh, but it's close. Yeah, it's really close. Yeah, unfortunately, we get to deal with Joe Flacco. And uh, unfortunately for John Hogue, super flex dude, we may get to see Drew Locke at the end of this season. So, (laughs) (laughs) all right. So on to our final game. for the AFC this week, Bengals at Steelers. Yeah, my only green light here is Tyler Boyd. Um, Boyd's been on the field for 85% of the team snaps, and he's averaged about eight catches a game. He'll probably be the go-to uh, in this week's crappy Monday Night Football matchup as far as fantasy numbers are concerned. Uh, I'm not really looking for anybody else as far as to uh, um, have huge games, huge fantasy games uh, this week. So um, maybe – you know, maybe mixing, but that's that's about as far as as far as I'm willing to go. Um, uh, my I got a yellow lights. James Washington, uh, Steelers. Washington is pretty much a boomer bust play every week. Snap percentage is going up every week, but his receptions have stayed the same about two a week. Um, not sure if Cincinnati's a place where he'll be able to get that his game on track, but uh, he's got potential. So I'm gonna put him in as my yellow light just because of the fact that um, he can do big things, but just hasn't flashed this year. I think it's going to take a couple weeks for this offense to gel. And then um, my red lights, Deontay Johnson, um, tough match, a really tough matchup this week. And he's still only a rookie. I don't expect a ton because just because he's got an opportunity. I'm not trying to pick on Steelers receivers here, but um, Washington is pretty boring. I mean, uh, Pittsburgh's pretty, pretty boring right now. Not really getting a lot done in the passing game. Yeah. I, 
this is such a weird matchup for me because both the Steelers and the Bengals have had um, poor secondaries this season. Obviously, Minka Fitzpatrick in Pittsburgh might change it, but even then, Jimmy Garoppolo, who I hate, did not look good. Uh, or, or, or sorry, did look good last week against the Steelers. I believe he threw for like 277 yards and two to three touchdowns. So this, both of these secondaries are bad, but you have Andy Dalton on one side, which I think he'll be fine. I think John Ross will probably have a good game. So I, I wouldn't be uh, avoiding John Ross this week. And Joe Mixon has not been, or, or, or sorry, the Steelers run defense has been good. So Joe Mixon is going might have a rough game this week. He might be a yellow light, but and then on the opposite side, like I said, you have Mason Rudolph throwing the ball, so Juju's the only safe play there. Yeah. Um, I, I, Vance McDonald's going to be out. It sounds like. Yep. Um, I believe that's what uh, Ethan told us. And they got Nick Vanette in there, but uh, yeah, new. you're not trusting that. So basically, so basically. You could take a swing with James Washington, but Juju's basically the only guy that I'm feeling okay about. And then Connor, I think Connor's got a good matchup this week as well. So it's it's definitely a weird week um, in terms of matchups, just because there aren't there are some good matchups with like bad players playing in them, or there are some terrible matchups with good players playing in them. So <laughs> there's really only two, like I said, two matchups I like this week. Yeah. All right, so that will do it for us for your uh, AFC starts. Uh, you can follow me at FF Stompy on Twitter. You can follow John McGlynn at John McGlynn75. As always, we put out five shows a week for you. We do waivers. We do a normal show. We do a live show. We do two start sits. We basically try and give you anything and everything you need to win your weeks. But if you could uh, give us a follow, a subscribe, uh, rate, and review, it helps us get out to the masses and get more people involved uh, to, that we can help. So, yeah, go to the Superflex Super Show uh, pod feed on iTunes, on Podbean, on Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Give it, like I said, subscribe, rate, and review. Um, subscribe to the podcast at Superflex Show on Twitter. Um, as we mentioned, go to FF Mercs and check them out. Use the promo, promo code Superflex Show to get 10% off of their services. And that will be it for us. So good luck in week four. Stay sexy and super flexy. And stay sexy and super flexy. Thanks, Sean. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for the listen. Save me, you are in the addiction for-